0: Well, here we are. Only this time, I am not alone. I've got a guest and I cannot wait for you to meet them. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. So excited about today's casual conversation. I hope that you will learn as much as I have learned about my guest. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about who she is, a little bit about her business, and why I wanted her as a guest in a minute. But if this is the first time that you are hearing my voice, I am Deb Laflamme. I am the Chief Ideapreneur at For the Love of Your Biz, helping you with creative ways to market your biz better. And I am so excited that you're here because I'm guessing you either know me or my guest or you truly want to market your biz better. So let's get started. Angie Trublad, welcome to the Market Your Biz Better podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to
0: be here. I'm, I'm excited too. And I think you and I before were saying like, I, I was wanting, really wanting to share, you know, your gifts with my audience, but I think both you and I know that like, we're just really excited to have this conversation. I know. <laughs> totally. So, So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you as a guest and in a minute, I'll let you share a little deeper about you and your like where you come from and and where you are and where your business is heading and and all of the amazing things. But what I really loved was the way that you connect um, to people personally, but also how your mission is to help business owners, like talented people that might be hiding, who might be overwhelmed with their business. I love how you really... Teach us myself included mm-hmm. how to um, network how to uh, how to reach out, how to get connected to people in the industry and beyond to have even more people hear our story, hear what we offer, hear what our gifts are, our special gifts for um, for the world and so I know I, I feel like you are this guide. Um, <laughs> That I've read about you is like you're, you're like a guide. You're teaching and you're leading us. And can you tell us a little bit about you and your business so that we can connect more deeply with you?
1: Yes, I would love to. Thank you for that. Um, I love the idea of being a guide for sure. Um, so I am I live in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I have a pretty young family. My kiddos are six and eight and I have a husband. Um, and I kind of stumbled upon this visibility business just by recognizing where my gifts lie. I think in entrepreneurship, there's so many sort of reiterations and pivots of our business as we more fully recognize our gifts and then Uh choose to align our businesses with those. So My background in traditional work environments is science and education. So a long time ago, I was a um, nerdy biology geek and (laughs) I taught high school for a couple of years, but did a lot of work in public schools and loved it. And then eventually transitioned into the pharmaceutical industry where I kind of honed some of my selling skills. But truth be told, I think what made me really good as a pharmaceutical rep was really the same things that made me great as a teacher. And those are the skills that I have really just started to acknowledge and kind of embrace as I move forward in entrepreneurship. Just the things that made me great as a teacher are what I'm using now to help other people. And those are the gifts of connecting with people using a really strategic approach to do that. A lot of times I think when people hear the word strategy, they automatically think it can't be an authentic relationship that is fulfilling or, you know, feels warm to, to the people involved. And I just, I go against that. I mean, I really think if we're in business, we need to be strategic, but we need to be connecting with people that give us energy when we're together, kind of like you and I, when we first connected, it was just so clear, it was a perfect fit. And I think um, strategically, you and I also make sense together. And so I, I think you can have both together. And I think the sweet spot in business is when you are networking and reaching out to other influencers. And that word other is very important, but to other influencers that you really do have the same energy, similar personalities. That's what makes you know, sometimes this lonely journey more enjoyable, so.
0: Right, I, I love that. And your vi- the visibility approach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's less about, let's do something for me, and mm-hmm. more about how can we work together and enhance each other's lives and our worlds and our businesses. It's a lot, like you said, connecting. And I said, you know, the connections. My husband's always said, like, you're such a connector. Yeah. You can't help someone. You always have, you always know someone who can. Yeah. And I love that piece. And I, that, that is exactly how I felt about you when we first got on the phone was we did have that same mission that we want the people who are in our world, in our tribe, in our audiences, in our, in our groups, we want them to be shining that light bright. And there are so many ways for small business owners, especially to do this and you don't need a huge budget. I mean, many of us are doing this on our own, right? We don't have PR teams and we don't have copywriters. And that is really what I love about you and your is, You help business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you help businesses that have teams, but you
1: help them get the attention that they and their business
0: deserve.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting because, so my first business as i transitioned out of the corporate world was focused on meal planning and helping busy moms simplify dinner time yep really because i was in a season of life where i needed help with that yep. and, and so where i was able to sort of get traction was i pitched myself for different podcast interview opportunities and i connected with influencers of not competitive communities, but really collaborative ones that really made sense um, to where my people would be interested in what they had to offer and their people would be interested in me. And so, um, and that's where I started to see some real traction with visibility, not just in the short term either, but I technically still have a Facebook group for that business. I'm just, I'm not the owner of it anymore. I passed it off to someone but I still see how many people join that group and where they come from. And Mm -hmm. it is constantly coming from like two to three different relationships that I forged. That's Mm -hmm. how they're finding that group. And so that to me was a real signal of, oh my gosh, all of these other business owners should be doing the same thing. They should be reaching out and making these really long lasting, deep connections. Mm -hmm. And people weren't doing it. People were asking me, how did you get that segment on your local news? (laughs) I said, Mm -hmm. I just emailed the anchor. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not a PR person by trade. And funny enough, I had a client conversation yesterday with someone who they actually have a publicist, but they're not getting the return that they are expecting from that. They're not getting the level of communication. um, And they're not getting the really like personalized approach to representing them that, you know, people like you and I can offer because we know our client's business and we know the ins and outs of it. So I think it's just the encouraging people to take that leap and and it's not really a big leap, but to start making those connections and doing it in an authentic way, it can make all the difference.
0: Yeah, so the relationship marketing is, I mean, that's what I love the most about what I teach and, yeah. and you're hitting it like right on the <laughs> Because, you know, when when people have, the, we have these devices in between us, and I always use the example of the real estate agent. Um, realtors, real estate agents were the original relationship marketers. They were the ones 20, 30 years ago that had their picture on their business card first. They had their faces on the side of buses and on park benches and grocery carts, right? They wanted you to get to know them. They wanted you to like them. They wanted you to, you know, stay in there. They wanted you to to be thinking of them when when you were buying or selling a home. And, you know, oftentimes that relationship marketing, it's still here. It's just that we now have these devices sometimes in between us, the email marketing, the social media marketing, the computers, the tablets, the smartphones, right? But I think, Angie, you and I agree that this just opens up even more opportunities to building those bonds and those relationships with influencers, and other brands that can help us grow our businesses?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I feel like it cuts down on the amount of time we have to spend um, reaching out. I think it really helps with the strategy piece and making it really efficient to where you really know going into something, you know, you can do your homework on who you're connecting with and really be able to provide specific value to them and their specific audience. You're not just kind of shooting blindly in the dark to see if something sticks. So I love it, and I I think it's kind of that that science piece of me that loves to do my research before reaching out to really get a good sense of, no, how can I serve them, and eventually we'll get to a collaborative relationship, but initially, you know, how can I benefit them, and how can that relationship, um, you know, benefit both of us?
0: Right, like how can I help you help your audience? You know, I always... Right. When I, when I'm teaching like my inspired marketer group, I always say like, be of, be of value, be of service, be a resource before anything else. And when you do that, when you lay that out there for your audience or for these influencers or magazines or, you know, TV um, shows, whatever it is you're, you're looking to be a part of, if you offer to be a resource, to be uh, a guide like Angie is, right? People like, oh my gosh, you're here to help my audience? It's like a gift you're giving them Mm -hmm. and getting the exposure to. So it's really a beautiful opportunity for those of us that want our businesses to be in front of more people, the right audience, and connect yourself and collaborate with like-minded businesses or influencers like Angie was talking about.
1: Yeah, I can give you a specific example, if you want, just going yeah. back to that local news station.
0: Sure. Um,
1: so we have one of our local affiliates here in Richmond. They have a segment that's specifically geared towards parents. So with the meal planning business, I had very quickly met one of the anchors at an event. I know she didn't remember me, but (laughs) I emailed her afterwards and said, You know, I met you briefly at this event. Here's what I do. And I shared a blog post on meal planning. And I said, I know you are in charge of this parenting segment. You know, I would love to be able to share any content that you find might be useful. She gave me very specific instructions of how to make her life easier, basically, that she would reprint relevant blog posts, but I just needed to provide the intro, this certain picture. Like I needed to do that for her so that she could just get the email and pop it up on the website. And so we did that several times before I ever pitched the idea of a live segment. And that's just what you do. You just nurture that relationship and you give a little bit at first, but I think sometimes people question what does give value mean? You know, what does offer value? And sometimes it can be really simple things. I mean, in the podcasting world, which is where I'm more squarely aligned right now, I've definitely connected hosts of podcasts with really incredible guests that were not my clients. So just showing them how I am a connector and that I get where they're coming from and what their needs are, it just increases my credibility in that industry. So when Someone needs help. They know. Oh, Angie really knows how to like align what people are looking for. She's not sending us off the wall ideas. You know, she really takes the time to get to know our needs.
0: Well, one of the things that you mentioned before about like taking the leap and like really, it's it is about being courageous, right? And have confidence in what you bring to the table. I mean, you would never have you would never have emailed that person from the local news station if you didn't have the confidence and knew that what you had to offer her audience was valuable, right? And so totally. I know that you and I, but especially you, you have the, we'll call superpower, Andy, <laughs> of of identifying, what did you call it? The tipping point? The tipping point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Talk talk about that before, because I still want to talk about how you market and your relationship with marketing, but before we go any further, because I know people are like getting excited about hearing like these, these doors opening, right? Like, wait, I think I have something that other people could benefit from. So do you mind talking a little bit about that? Like how you, how you literally hand pluck the tipping point out of (laughs) me?
1: Yeah. So I, with my clients, with myself, I do, before I start any kind of outreach and I take a step back and I think, well, who are the people that I'm trying to reach? Who are my ideal clients? Very specifically, most of us very much know who those people are. Mm -hmm. And so for the meal planning example, for me, it was busy parents, busy moms. Well, then I think, okay, before they need me, before they would need what I offer and be in a space to where they're willing to pay for me, where are they congregating? Like, What other problems are they having? Who else are they reaching out to for not specifically necessarily meal planning help, but just where are they in their life to where they've reached a point and it's this tipping point where they finally are like, okay, I need help with this and I'm willing to pay someone to do it.
0: Yes. So I
1: think kind of peeling back the layers of the onion to figure out what that could be helps you to identify who to potentially pitch, but also to do it with such confidence because- even in the business space you could think okay well i design websites you know i'm a website designer if that's what they call themselves (laughs) i'm so much more in the marketing space i'm like yeah yeah yeah. no you're right you're right web designers yeah yeah so when people are looking for a web designer what else might they be looking for in their business well yes they could be looking for copywriting um they could be looking for email marketing they could, you know, because that really, if you don't have a website, unless it's a rebrand, you're really just starting your business up. So, identifying some of those other businesses that are complementary to yours, not competitive, yeah. but complementary, then you can typically catch your people at their tipping point when they're ready, when they need you, and when they're also at a point of being willing to pay for you. So, yeah. to me, it's almost like a shortcut to marketing. You kind of find them where they've already congregated together. And then you come in and provide outstanding value so that they recognize, oh, I, I need to latch onto her too. And maybe yeah. one day I'll become a client, but at least now I at least want to be in her world. And this
0: is really why it's so very important, everybody who's listening to get super clear about who your dream client is. And it's not just about the problem you solve for them, but you really want to know about who they are, where they hang out, who their peers are what their interests are i mean this is the work that you've got to do so that you can map that out like what what angie was saying like with confidence it's not just who they are but it's also all of the other things all of the other elements and interests that make them make them who they are so that you can come in around a, another angle so to speak i hate that mm-hmm. word but and find that complementary connection so that you're in their heads when they do need what it is you offer
1: yeah Totally. I mean, yeah.
0: that's spot on. All right. I'm going to start asking you, I'm going to start peppering you with some okay. marketing questions because I know that people love to hear that they're not alone when it comes to marketing. So share a little bit of, with us about your relationship with marketing. Now I know you like the science component, you like the research, the data, you look to see the results and all of that, but what's it like for you to market your business?
1: So it's interesting because I've done, I feel like I've I've had several podcast interviews in this visibility business, but right now the strength of my marketing really is reliant on referrals and which is just, it's a really interesting shift, especially for someone who's a visibility and outreach strategist. But I mean, I've connected with enough people that are in a complimentary space that I see that I get tagged fairly often in the online space when people are looking for podcast pitching, but I also have clients who are pretty significant influencers in their space and they're able to pass me along when they have someone that has a need. So it's, it's really funny, honestly, to have a visibility business, but you know, the laundry list of podcasts that I have been on, it's not exhaustive for sure, but it's, it's because, you know, and I think that just speaks volumes So you need to pick the right marketing outlet for your business and your business model and your personality, you know? And sometimes I think those of us in the marketing space, it's, I put so much of my energy and effort and brain power into making the strategic connections for my clients. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, I just don't know if I have it left for myself. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but (laughs) if it's working.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we all feel like that. We all feel like that because I, um, you do put 110% of energy into being the connector and the guide for your audience. But I love you mentioned something like I think it's important for us to be picky where yeah. we do, right where we do spend time to market our own businesses. I, I you know just because you're helping clients get on X, Y, and Z podcast or um, you know local TV station that doesn't mean that that's where you should be spending all of your time. Like maybe. Uh, LinkedIn groups would work for you, Angie, or maybe Facebook groups with um, entrepreneurs would work better for you, right? So it's important that we all are really picky and where we're spending our own time marketing our businesses.
1: Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when people get overwhelmed with the idea of marketing, it's because they are imagining or trying to be all the places. Yeah. And, and I mean, we know that, and it's never going to give you like the biggest return on your time investment when you're all the places, than if you would have picked one or two avenues and just kind of gone deep with those. So I think it's, I, so I had a client about a year and a half ago. He was actually my cousin and he was a home inspector and we worked together just to get his name out in the local realtor space. So it was, Mm -hmm. you know, a local client that I had, Uh And initially I was setting up meetings with him at realtor offices where we would go in together and, and he did not like public speaking. So I was like, well, I love this, so I can help you with it. And Uh we would do presentations to these realtor offices and come to find out after doing a couple of those, he really hated it. Like it just didn't match his personality or his comfort level. And what ended up really clicking for him was when I was able to connect him with one-on-one meetings with realtors who had big client bases and that was sort of the tipping point if you will and he ended up being involved in a local networking group that gave him i mean his business has dramatically shifted but it was just finding an outlet that was in alignment with his personality and his business it's so important
0: yeah and i think acknowledging that right yeah sure that we're paying attention to what fills us up because we don't, you don't know until you try. I mean, how many times have you spoken to a client or even a friend who's really just going through the motions? Mm-hmm. And if you stop for a minute and you're mindful in your day and you realize like, for me, it was the tipping point for me was people were always asking me to do their marketing. Can you come and do my marketing, do my marketing? You know, first of all, they didn't really know what that meant. What right. they. But second of all, what I realized was there was a disconnect when you outsource some of your marketing, not all of it, but mo- you know, messaging. When you, when you outsource it, there's a disconnect. And what I was finding was if I knew their voice, it was easy peasy, right? I knew it, They were successful. But if they were just kind of going through the motions of marketing to whoever they thought they needed to market to, and they're using, um, let's say, Facebook, and they're just going through the motions... It, People can see that. They can see it's not intentional. They can see it's not full of passion and purpose. And, you know, so it's really important for all of us listening to, and everyone listening to, to pay attention to how it feels. Because if your cousin, you know, just was going through the motions, like the work that he was doing, would be doing for them, wouldn't be his best work. But yet, if he's now connected, like, this is exactly, this is like the perfect example (laughs) you connected him to someone who someone or a group that opened the doorways where they were probably constantly feeding him mm-hmm. clients right and this is the reality of making a really good complementary connection you guys is you don't need a thousand of them you don't you need a couple and those few are the ones that you can love up on and you can nurture and you can provide valuable information and educational information for their audience and that's it comes back to you tenfold because they're going to refer back to you they're going to re- think of you they're going to always be linking to your blogs and those and and the things that you're selling and the things that you're offering and so it doesn't you don't need a thousand amazing you won't get them they won't deep, they won't be full of love right you need a handful of really good deep connections that get what you do.
1: Well, and I think there's a shift in there, just like what you described is when you're doing the outreach, I think a lot of times people are thinking I'm outreaching to potential clients, yeah. but if you shift that to I'm outreaching to potential referrers, Yes. one, yeah, it has you, your guard is down, you're more authentic, you're more yourself, and then if they get a real sense of who you are, then they refer people to you that are a really good fit. Like very yep. rarely have I ever had a referral to where I thought, oh, this isn't, we don't really mesh well. Normally yep. it's spot on because it's people that got that connection when we worked together that mm-hmm. are referring similar people.
0: Right, right. And also being super confident in what you offer, right? So you can say, like I could say to Angie, Angie, you can feel confident knowing that anyone you refer to me for their social media marketing or people that need creative ideas to market better. I'm going to take care of them. You can feel confident in, in making that referral. Like it's, this is about like helping Angie help her people. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. All right. All right. Let me, let's keep going with these questions. So okay. um, has, how has the internet impacted your business? So, you know, we talk about networking and there's the old school, like go to the chamber meetings, but how, <laughs> internet impacted your business?
1: It allows me just to make connections more quickly and really more efficiently. So, I mean, a piece of it is just the logistics of day-to-day life. I mean, I had a meeting this morning that someone initially wanted to meet in person, but it's a 25 minute drive to their office and back. And so we just did a meeting on Zoom, you know, and I don't think that's how she normally meets. So, I mean, first of all, it's definitely impacted it from an efficiency perspective. Yeah. But just the ability to meet people and expand your network far beyond what would be at the chamber meeting, um, for me, it's, all, it's been the networking piece. I feel like that's why my network and my circle is as large as it is. Yeah. And, and I think people also get a better sense of you when you are on social platforms. They can really get a sense of your personality. So the people that you do end up connecting with and sort of interacting with on a daily basis they're already closer into that know, like, and trust factor because they get a clearer sense of who you are than if you had just met them. I mean, I went to a chamber meeting in December, you know, and you're at a table with people, but they don't really get, you know, some of the idiosyncrasies or uh, that I love 90s rap music. They didn't get that at the chamber meeting, but yeah. you know, on the internet, you can get that. Yeah, you totally can, especially yeah. with Instagram
0: stories, you can play all your favorites. Yes. So where do you get your best ideas or inspiration from, Angie? What what inspires you to market better?
1: So I think it's just, for me, it's been working with clients whose mission I fully believe in. And I know that sounds so cliche, um, but I have been blessed with working with people who I would be connecting them had I not been paid for what I do. And most okay. of them, yeah, most of them there are free pieces that I just say, oh, you need to meet this person and I'll just connect them. Yeah. So it's really just knowing that I really need to help them get what they're doing out into the world yeah. and that it is super valuable. So it's really those people that inspire. And I can tell because when I get new clients, just how excited when I start getting yeses on their behalf,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's super exciting to me because I know more people are being impacted.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So let's get into some actionable items. I love people to be able to take something right away from the podcast. So how can my listeners identify like who they should pitch themselves to?
1: So the actionable step there is definitely to identify where your ideal clients are in that tipping. Like what is their tipping point? Who are other types of people that they might be reaching out to either solve the problem that you solve or a similar one. Like what's another problem they need solved around the same time that they need you? And yeah. then brainstorming. I mean, making a short list of first generalization. So if you're a web designer, okay, copywriting. Okay, well, do you know any specific copywriters? And yeah. then from there, identify what platform makes the most sense for you because some people love public speaking, some people, because of childcare, they don't have the bandwidth or the time to be able to go and do live public speaking. So yep. podcasting might be a better platform. So I think it's identifying where those tipping points are. So first, the big categories, then identify the platform that makes sense. Is it local networking, podcasting, writing blog posts, and then start doing your research to find those people. Um, and vet them from there. I mean, I think even if you found, if you're trying to connect with copywriters who have podcasts, you don't just stop when you find that podcast. You really need to give it a listen, look on their website to get a good sense of them. And if your styles even mesh well, and if it would be a fun interview, for instance, right? So I think it's then you kind of narrow down even more of, would this be? good for me? Like, would I be aligned if I was having this conversation with that person?
0: Yeah. Like ours. How often?
1: Exactly. (laughs) And what would you say are some
0: ideas or suggestions that you would have for someone who's might be nervous and doesn't have like the full load of Angie confidence? (laughs) um, Because I know that people feel like it takes a ton of time. So what suggestions do you have for folks who are worried about the time that it takes to pitch themselves?
1: So I think first of all, it's it's a mindset shift, which I know we hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think first of all, from the confidence perspective is knowing going in that the majority of your outreach are probably going to either be ignored or you're going to get a no. I mean, that's really like the worst case scenario. Um, right. So just know that that's totally normal and go into it kind of as a game, like, well, what could my acceptance rate be, you know? So going yeah. into it with realistic expectations, but also the mindset when people are overwhelmed with the time commitment, considering that if it's a blog post, for instance, that lives on the internet for infinity or until that website goes down. And so even though it might take a little bit of time up front to get featured in some of these places, typically if it's internet based, it stays there forever. And so it's just churning people to you. So recognizing the long-term benefit of the opportunities that you're seeking out is the mindset piece. And then the actionable piece is really just to break it down into the steps. Um, I have a workflow on my website. It's the whole Trello workflow that I use with my clients and just setting realistic expectations of, okay, so this week, I am going to just come up with five podcasts I want to pitch. And then the next week you can kind of dig a little bit deeper into those five podcasts. So I think it's just, you know, taking it in a stepwise approach.
0: Awesome. So what would be your top marketing piece of wisdom, like a, a golden nugget that you would share with my listeners for them to pitch
1: themselves? So it really just boils down to doing your homework of who you're reaching out to and making sure that what you are offering is beneficial to both of you. I mean, obviously you're not going to be pitching people that it doesn't make sense for your business, but make sure you're going into it with something that is going to be useful for their audience. So if you're a parenting expert and you're pitching to be on a podcast make sure that, you know, over the last 15 to 20 episodes, they haven't had other parenting experts on there. And Mm -hmm. if they talk about parenting a lot, make sure you have a different twist on what they traditionally share, but that it's in alignment with sort of, you know, their mantra or their thoughts on it. So I think it's really just doing your homework because it lies in your hands, right? It's your due diligence to be suggesting to them Um, things that would make sense rather than saying, I think we should collaborate and leave it open ended, come up with a couple of specific ideas.
0: Right, right, right. That's awesome. So what is happening in your business now and where can my listeners find you?
1: Yeah, well, so they can find me at my website, angitrueblood.com. And then I have a Facebook group called Go Pitch Yourself and you can find that that's a group of us. It's fairly small and fairly new, but where we share different opportunities where we can pitch one another or where people can, you know, suggest opportunities for us to pitch ourselves to. And then we just kind of talk about the ins and outs of pitching. So for me and my business right now, I'm really more heavily working in the strategy and workflow piece. So Mm -hmm. I'm working with business owners who either have a VA that they will ultimately hand their visibility strategy off to. And I work pretty tightly with that VA or with entrepreneurs who are willing to put in some of the legwork to actually do the pitching. So um, it's the strategy, it's helping them recognize what their expertise is, what their top topics could be, if they're doing podcasting, um, and then who would be people that it would make sense to pitch. So it's really, I've sort of tweaked my packages to be really clearly aligned with what I love to do and what I'm best at doing and then figuring out the other pieces, how to help the entrepreneur sort of solve for that on their own. So basically, again, like we start, Angie is the guide. She's, yes.
0: <laughs> you're providing them with, with a path, right? A path yeah. to pitch. Um, and I love that. And so I guess that's, that could be our title of today's podcast, Angie, providing you the path to pitch.
1: I love that. Yeah, that's that's
0: perfect. I love it. You can take that. Just quote me. Oh, thank you. I will. I'll give you full credit for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Angie, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I have loved every ounce of brilliance that you shared with us today, and I have a feeling we'll be talking again, and I'm excited because you're going to be a teacher because, you know, your education background. We're you're going to be teaching my inspired marketer community soon. And I'm excited to connect you with even more people that need to learn what you offer. So
1: yes, same. I can't wait to bring you to my people. So thank you for having me. This was incredible. This was awesome. All right. Thanks. Bye everybody. Okay. Bye Deb.
0: Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I absolutely love connecting you to the people who help me market my biz better. I know there are tons of podcasts that you can listen to, so I'm pretty excited that you've chosen to listen to mine. Now, I want you to hop on over to the show notes, use all those links that we dropped over there for you that we mentioned in this episode, and I will see you next time. Now go market your biz better.